Next on BYU Sports Nation, game day for the BYU Cougars did not disappoint last night as the Cougars did everything they wanted to do against LMU and then some. Sophomore center Corbin Kafusi joins us live and his teammate Nate Austin passes Danny Ainge in a major statistical category. Plus, Lexi Rydalch, the best ever in the West Coast Conference. And then there was this from Kyle Collinsworth. Let's go. Collinsworth all the way to the basket. Kyle Collinsworth. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Now from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU still undefeated at home, and BYU Sports Nation is live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Friday, January 29th, wherever and however you have chosen to dial in. Welcome, sports friends. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who only knows how to do up the top button, Jerem Jordan. Did you notice Reno Mahe in his photo of being hired had a top button up? Just saying. So you and Reno? Eagles, punt returner, and me! And now Tyler Haas as well. So the, the three of Haas. you? Yeah. I feel like I did it before those guys. <laughs> did, you set, did you set the trend? I'm not the first ever to do it. You set the trend for... Notable BYU yeah. athletes, though. Yeah. Mm. How about that dunk from Kyle Collinsworth? Oh my goodness! That was number three on Sports Center's top ten. That was that was a teeth grinder, man. That was awesome. Remember what? I, you do you remember how he tore his ACL? I don't either. Uh, yeah, yeah, because he's doing stuff when like he did that. that. No, and he has ten triple doubles as well. Unbelievable! Man. All after tearing his ACL. Of the century. Okay, so that's that's a highlight. Now the low light for uh, from the PGA Tour and the Farmers Insurance Open. Zach Blair, PGA guy, one of our guys in BYU Sports Nation. He's playing in San Diego at Torrey Pines this week, as I mentioned, at the Farmers Insurance rough. Open. He sent out a picture of him. Someone else sent oh, out someone, a picture. Oh, someone sent him playing. Yeah. He's, apparently he went to Brigham, Brigham Young University. This has happened before. Uh, but not at this level. So, yeah, there's that. Uh, we'll update you as we go. By the way, he tees off in eight minutes in didn't, round two. He was two over uh, after round one. Didn't Kyle Collingsworth go to Brigham Young University? I think that Roscoe Mendenhall may have also been the coach <laughs> at BYU back in the day, if you recall. Brandon Davis. Noah Hartstock. We could yeah, go all day. See? No, no, no. We don't have time for Those this. Guys. We really don't. <laughs> Taylor Magnum. <laughs> Ty- D- Tanner Mangum, by the way, was at the game last night, <laughs> and he went um, sport coat. I, th- I thought that was a, a classy move. I think it's a rite of passage as you go from starting freshman to sophomore mm. quarterback. Then you go sport coat. I thought that Jake Heaps did that. I believe that Ty Detmer did that uh, back in 89 as well. They all do it at the basketball game. That one game in January, you wear the sport coat. It's a thing. Guys at Brigham Young University could never pull that off. Brigham. Here are today's BYUSN headlines. Kalani Satake has completed his coaching staff by hiring running backs coach Reno Mahe, cornerbacks coach Gernaro Guilford, and director of recruiting operations Tavita Ofehengawe. More on that staff uh, and the unique uh, maybe value compared to any other staff in the country coming up. BYU beat LMU 87-62 last night. Provo led by Kyle Davis' 19 points. The Cougars shot over 50% for the first time since Christmas. The Cougars host Pepperdine tomorrow at 10 Eastern on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. Corbin Kafusi will join us in 15 minutes. Lexi Rydalch scored a season-high 31 points, had 12 rebounds, and an 82-75 win at LMU. More importantly, she is now 
the West Coast Conference's all-time yeah. leading scorer. Hey, that's that's awesome. And she actually played all four years in the West Coast Conference. This isn't, you know, the mythical. He didn't play in the conference, but has a conference record thing. Like Jimmer Fredette associated with the West Coast Conference is zilch, right? Uh, Tyler Haas played one year in the Mountain West, yet became the West Coast kind. You know, they were nice to count all those points. This is legit. Lexi will join us in 35 minutes. The Cougars on their SoCal road trip, LMU and at Pepperdine this weekend. Kalani Purcell, by the way, had a ho-hum 14 points, 14 rebounds, and 8 assists. <laughs> so she's the backstory in this game. Crazy. What Kalani is doing more right now, Sataki or Purcell? They're, they're both doing great. BYU at Pepperdine tomorrow, 4 Eastern. You can watch it on the W.TV and BYU Radio. And third-ranked Brigham Young University Men's Volleyball, Brigham uh, Young University Men's Volleyball, uh, plays a pair at ninth-ranked Irvine tonight, 10 Eastern, and tomorrow at 5 Eastern. So they play a little earlier tomorrow. They're going to play twice in uh, less than 24 hours. There's a lot going on. So rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. One down, nine to go before Vegas. BYU basketball took care of LMU by 25 points last night. Essentially did everything that they hoped and wanted to do in that game, starting with what we emphasized yesterday, and that is share the ball. Dave Rose was adamant in practice this week. Look, we are way better when we pass the ball a lot. And, Jeremy, you notice right at the top, they had like one dribble handoff. They did not dribble handoff. It's all passing. It's all passing. They did a nice job of sharing the rock last night. And you can see the distribution, five guys in double figures. It was a blowout win. It was nice to get Kyle Collins worth some rest. He sat for a six-minute stretch during the game and came back in. I can't recall him sitting for that long in any uh, game. It's nice year. to be up by a lot and be able to do that for your starters. You're down 15-10, and then it was never a game after that. BYU, 23 assists on 32 made baskets. They avoid the back-to-back losses. They're now 9-0 and at home and are winning home games this season by an average of 21 points per game. It's impressive. A couple... Big wins against Santa Clara and LMU at home. And then you have looming games. We'll break down Pepperdine in a moment. But St. Mary's is six days away. I mean, Gonzaga is going to come here. So the way BYU plays at home has been really impressive. They're very different at home. Shot the three well, and they played defense, Jerem. They got back to playing defense. Now, the, now there is some concern out of the LMU game for the health of Zach Selyus. Hurt his shoulder. He was holding his right shoulder. It was uh, reported as a shoulder strain after the game. Dave Rose uh, told the press that, um, yeah, they're, they're, it's sore in two spots, and it was going to be scanned this morning. Uh, no update yet on the, the health of Zach Selyus, but that's a concern. That's a concern. Is anything broken? Is anything torn? Is anything strained? Is anything separated? We have yet to find out because he is BYU's bench scoring right now, and BYU needs him. There's the good and the bad from BYU basketball last night. Mostly good. They remain unbeaten at home. And again, we, re- we wish Zach Selyus a very quick recovery. The starters got some rest. And BYU, while we're on the topic of defense, Jerem, they hold LMU in the 60s, which is right where they want to be. BYU fifth-year senior Nate Austin passed another milestone huh? last night. On his way to BYU basketball immortality. Nate Austin is chasing Russell Larson on BYU Sports Nation. Yes, he is. He's only he's only 15 fouls away <laughs> from passing Russell Larson for the number one spot. So this is a new thing. Nate Austin is chasing Russell Larson in fouls. He passed Danny, he passed Danny Ainge, Ainge last night. 
And now, and then he'll pass Brandon Davies. Don't call me Brandon Davis. Brandon Davies. And then he'll be number one. So number I'm, one in I'm, personal it's, fouls. It's a minimum of three games. Just saying. Probably five. Because <laughs> he gets about three a game. He only had two last night. Two the, was pretty good. The last time Nate was on, we joked about this. And now we're full steam ahead with this. We have made Russ Larson aware. So last night, Russ came up to me and said, how many? How many away? <laughs> He's so excited to not be number one in that category. Oh, okay. Uh, we, we count down to Arizona. We counted down Tanner Mangum passing Jay Keeps. We counted down Tyler Hawes. Passing Jimmer Yeah, now it's our next pathetic countdown <laughs> to pass Russell Larson. <laughs> Oh, Oh, I love it so much. Our Twitter question today deals with what BYU faces in the remaining home schedule. Jerem, read read it to the people. Read 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 it to the people. Which of BYU's remaining home games has you most concerned? Use the hashtag BYUSN. Oh, my old roommate, at Ryan Frieden. I can't believe I'm actually saying this, but Pepperdine? A lot of people feel that way. Uh, Others think St. Mary's, Gonzaga. Use the hashtag BYUSN and win. To me, the one that has me concerned the most, St. Mary's. It's not Pepperdine. I think BYU will play well at home. I think BYU is a different team at home. It's St. Mary's because if you can get that win, you change the complex of the end of the season. It's You've not- already beaten Gonzaga. You're like, you have that one. If you're going to drop one, it's okay to lose to Gonzaga. I would love to take down St. Mary's because then if you're BYU, you think we can beat anybody in the league. We can, we can win in Vegas. We already beat St. Mary's. We already beat Gonzaga. It's not surprising that BYU is playing better at home. Most college basketball teams, and in this sport more than any that I see at the collegiate level. It's somewhat extreme, though, for BYU. The home, yeah, the home court advantage is always there, but you're right. Somewhat, no, it's just blatantly extreme for BYU. At home, they are like... They're four and seven away. Su- they're the superstars at and home. And nine and oh at home. Like, they, they haven't played very much at home, and now they have like this backstretch where they really get a chance to go and do that, and it starts with Pepperdine. Also, listen to this. BYU has been very, very good over the last more than calendar year. And that brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has won 15 straight at the Marriott Center overall. And do you know the last team to beat BYU in the Marriott Center? It was Pepperdine! Okay. Who is tomorrow's opponent? So that makes this even more intriguing. It had to be this way. Yeah. Last year, after BYU lost to Pepperdine, we called it the most interesting weird night in the history of the Marriott Center, if you recall. That was that was a wild night. It was so, the game with no natural sound yeah. from the announcers for all the people watching on ESPN. Yes, it was remote, just like announcer yeah. voices. 10 Eastern time on the deuce, ESPN2 and BYU Radio. And for the record, our producer Ben Bagley wisely opted not to invite Pepperdine head coach Marty Wilson on the show like he did last year? Yes, because we, some felt that there was a karma boost to Pepperdine. So that was by design that we did not have Marty on the show. Even though he's a great dude, super nice. We love hanging out with him, talking to him. We but, had him in studio, too. Yeah, yeah. So I, I super think karma boost. I, I may or may not have wished him good luck at some point. Yeah, you do that. I mean, you gotta, <laughs> we got to come up with a, like, thanks, coach, just like. Cut it off. Don't hey, thanks, wish coach. Any, don't Nothing else. Wish anyone luck. Don't like accidentally spread karma like Johnny Appleseed. You think he's run with the unintended delivery of the karma? He's beaten BYU four of the last five times. I've also beaten St. Mary's. BYU, but it's not in Malibu. Host Pepperdine tomorrow, Saturday primetime hoops in the Marriott Center on ESPN two, tipping at ten p.m. Eastern. And Jerem, I am with Anson Winder. I am most concerned 
about Pepperdine because okay because they they know that they can beat BYU. They have already beaten BYU four of the last five times. Three of those in Malibu. Only one of but they beat them. They're the last yeah. team to beat BYU in Pro Bowl. So yeah. why not do it again? I think BYU will learn from that. I think that BYU is playing in a gym that doesn't have walls four feet behind the bucket, and it's going to be different. For the record, I think BYU will dominate. I do. I really think that they will come out gangbusters. They're angry. They will beat Pepperdine. But that still, they're the, the last team to win in Provo. If, if Zach Selyus can't play, that changes the dynamic of the BYU rotations. But I think that yesterday was very healthy for BYU to get a, a bunch of guys into meaningful minutes. I think that Jordan Chapman played well last night. He had like seven rebounds. I think Corbin Kafusi gained some confidence. He'll join us coming up in the next segment. It was, it was a good game for that. Jacob Hartsock came in and hit a three, had a couple rebounds. That was good. That was all, all good things. As, Olaf, of as Olaf said, all good things, all good things. <laughs> wow. <laughs> exactly, Rocky. Every, every parent of little kid, a little kid exactly. is like, Exactly. Okay, so Anson Winder, I referenced him saying that he's, he's concerned about Pepperdine. So, more so than St. Mary's, Jerem, which is your most concerning game. Listen to what Anson said on Monday. Pacific. You'll go win with St. Mary's over Pepperdine. Wow. Pepperdine has just caused so many wow. problems over the years. Okay. And they handed it to us at home last year. Not to say they'll do that again this year, but it's more of a toss-up. St. Mary, he liked, That's interesting. He likes St. Mary's at home for BYU more so than Pepperdine. Are you, you're not on board with that, right? No, I'm not, I'm, I'm not. I think that BYU plays with great confidence at home. I think that BYU will beat Pepperdine, and, and I think that it'll be a double-figure win. I really do. And then next Thursday, you have all week to prep for what becomes the biggest game of the year because it could be a top-50 RPI win for BYU, which would be the number one win on that resume at the end of the year. If BYU beats St. Mary's, will be that game. Will be that game. St. Go- Mary's 33 in the RPI right now. Do you know who's behind BYU in RPI right now? Gonzaga. Gonzaga. How about that? So BYU, in a way, has created a situation and helped and furthered that where Gonzaga's RPI is not as strong. So even though you dubbed Pepperdine New Mexico and you meant by that that they are a tough matchup for BYU in but conference I would play. still say San Diego State, who is St. Mary's right now. Does that make sense? Okay, so San Diego yeah. State is St. Mary's and New Mexico is Pepperdine. Currently. Typically, San Diego State is Gonzaga. What's Gonzaga? UNLV? Gonzaga is UNLV right now. This year is UNLV. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that interesting how that dynamic kind Actually, of shifts from one well, conference to I the other? I say San Diego State, too, because BYU uh, had great success going there and winning on the road. That's what BYU has done the last two years with Gonzaga. So, in other words, my analogy is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> there are no flaws. Which of BYU's it. remaining home games has you most concerned? Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's winter time. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join us at Lotta Wood. Says this, the way they have started these last few games, I would say the next one. Can't afford to overlook anyone. There's only one bad part about last night's game. BYU got it to a slow start. We're not the play- But it was a 25-point win. Like, like 25. If, if Michael Phelps, who made the news yesterday, check that out. If Michael Phelps doesn't lead for the first like 20 meters of the uh, 200-meter race, who cares? Who cares? At AFMEC31042. That's quite the handle. Pepperdine, the we can't afford handle. another sweep by the waves. Up next, let's talk to a guy that's actually going to play in the game. Corbin Kofusi, sophomore center, has taken to the mustard seats. He's in Studio B. What's he drinking? Like...
BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Fans loving that big block shot by Corbin Kafusi last night. We are simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Join the conversation using the hashtag BYUSN. Tomorrow night, BYU Hoops back in action. 10 Eastern time on ESPN2. You can listen on BYU Radio against the Pepperdine Waves, who, as we just talked about, are the last team to beat BYU in Provo. Since then, 15-game win streak. And like the Golden State Warriors, BYU has not lost a game in the last (laughs) year at home. How about that? What was it, January 8th or 9th? Yeah. Was it was it uh, was it Jeff Brinton, our student assistant, that brought that up in the meeting this morning? No, it was, was Andrew it? Corliss. Oh, it was Andrew. That's yeah. right. It was Andrew. It was yeah. Andrew. Way to get Jeff's name in there, though. He's really happy. You're Andrew Corliss brought up the fact that BYU like like the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> How is BYU like the Golden State Warriors? They aren't at all. But but they haven't <laughs> lost at home in a year, and they've only played like fifty eight games less than the Warriors. How about that? Hmm. hmm. Okay. Whatever. Well, on that note, which of BYU's remaining home games has you most concerned? Is it Pepperdine? The game tomorrow on ESPN2 at 10 Eastern at YFangirl underscore JB says, obviously this next game against Pepperdine, plus we'll have some football recruits there, so we need to bring it. Uh, let's talk about that for a moment. So it's the official visits for a lot of these uh, BYU football recruits. Signing day is next Wednesday. Last impression. There's a ton of talent coming into town. I think Kalani's talking these guys have brought – uh, a lot of talent to prove that they're hoping, uh, you know, sign with BYU. Some are committed, some are committed elsewhere, some aren't committed. BYU fans uh, are going to be in the same building with those guys. Well, that'll be cool. Corbin Kafusi joining us in Studio B, sophomore center. He's a little bit taller than both Jeremy and I. Originally a football signee. And originally with a football B- signing. BYU. Right? Now, now playing for BYU basketball, but you still understand your role tomorrow to help out BYU football, right? <laughs> yeah, my dad has told me. You know, we've, <laughs> gone, we've, we've gone through it. <laughs> your dad was here yesterday. What did he say to you about uh, what, what has to happen tomorrow night? He's just like, remember, there's going to be a lot of recruits. We need you guys to put on a show. <laughs> I'm like, yes, Dad, we will do what we do. <laughs> Last night was, was quite the show. ton of dunks, lots of threes. Uh, what did it mean for you guys to go out there and play like that, especially coming off that Pepperdine loss? Oh, it was huge, especially to come into the Marriott Center with the energy. Of course, we started off a little slow, but to have that huge you know, margin of victory was massive for the team. Dave Rose said that he thought his guys, you included, were a little bit winded early playing at elevation. You've been away from Provo for a while. Were you tired early? It was. It's interesting because... I don't know. It's just such a different energy. Like when you go, and I think that could be part of it, the elevation. You go to California, it's like, oh, I can run for days. <laughs> but then you get back here, and it's like, my lungs are burning. <laughs> and so I, I think it plays a part. It was nice to get a blowout win in which um, some guys could get, it, could get extended minutes. You got mm-hmm. some more minutes than, than maybe the previous couple of games. What did that mean to you and some of those guys to be able to play a little more? I, I think it means a lot because our starters do such a great job, but of course we don't want them to get so tired that they aren't, aren't able to perform efficiently. And so it's nice to get in there and then with the extended minutes, get in the flow of things, you know, be able to start to fill it out a little bit better. A switch flipped last night, and it kind of happened, in my opinion, when you blocked that shot by Autumn Jacko. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> and then you go to the other end, and there's an and one, all in one sequence. Like, what, what does a play like that and a game like last night do for you and your confidence? Oh, it, it gets you going. I think it gets everyone going, you know, especially with Jacko. He's super athletic, and so 
Someone needed to block that guy. <laughs> Someone needed to do it because <laughs> we were sick of getting dunked on by him. He dunked four times, I think, right? <laughs> yeah, it was, he, and they were massive dunks. Yeah. So I think it was just huge for all of us. Then you, so you, you block him on one end, and then you come down on the other end, and he's, he's, gonna, he's going to block you. Mm-hmm. When did you decide, okay, I'm not going to dunk this? Because last week, you, I think you dunked on maybe him at LMU. You did kind of the up and under, right? Yeah. I, it was a smart move. I was... I wanted to dunk that one. I was a little disappointed. Like, I'm happy I got the N1, but part of me wanted to go up and under and dunk it. But he hit me hard enough. That I was like, I, can't, I don't have enough juice to go up. So <laughs> we'll just lay it in. And then, and then you had another dunk where you were sort of cherry picking. Is that okay? You, you had run out. You, you had done a nice job of leading out. But I think you were cherry picking on that one. Your thoughts? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. You know, I, once, I, once I see that our guys have it, we're taught, you know, run the floor. So I'm going to get down there. There's no, yeah, it was close to three in the key. No one was, no one was counting. I'm just kidding. It was awesome. Corbin Kafusi joining us in Studio B on BYU Sports Nation. For the record, do you know what the current win streak is at home in the Marriott Center for BYU basketball? I. Well, I overheard that it's been a year since we've lost. It. Yes, yes, you did. You were paying attention. I, you know, I was. But fifteen, you were fifteen right games. There. Fifteen games. Okay. Do you know the last team to beat BYU in the Marriott Center? Pepperdine. It was the Pepperdine Waves. Pepperdine. Yeah, you can't forget that, right? Oh yeah, that was like that was like a gut check last year. So it's going to be good. How? What does this game mean tomorrow to this team against Pepperdine? I, it's huge. Like. And even the game at Pepperdine was huge for us, but then, you know, we weren't able to pull that one off, and so it's like, okay, this is this is our shot. We've got to get them this time, so we got to pull out all the stops. Nine and zero at home. I, I think I said four and seven earlier. Six and seven away. Uh, three and six true road. What? Why the extreme difference in home play and away from home play? That's a great question. We've been trying to figure that out throughout the season. And I think one factor is that we just love to play at home, play in front of peop- people that you know love the team. And it is a lot different feel. BYU and some of the other schools in the WCC, we have such a big arena in comparison, and we're able to fill it up. And so I think we just like that energy. Dave Rose made it very clear to the media this week that he emphasized sharing the ball in practice. And Jerem joked, that was probably brought down a few notches while he was divulging that to the media. So, so what was the practice situation like with Dave when he, when he was trying to emphasize that you need to share the ball more? Oh, everything was about sharing the ball. All of our clips, I think we literally watched our LMU like makes those clips probably three or four times because we had hmm. what like twenty something assists, twenty eight yeah. assists 28 on thirty two makes really exactly, good. and we kept watching those just over and over, and. Then in practice, it's like, if you didn't share the ball, it's like, okay, stop. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> and it's like obvious, oh, we should have passed it, but we just have to, have to stop and make sure everyone knows we should have passed it. What is it about that? Because just passing the ball by itself doesn't mean all that much. There's more to it, right? Like, what else is there with them? Movement away from the ball, all that kind of thing? Yeah, there's movement. I think the biggest thing is just the morale of everyone on the team. Because mm-hmm. if you go, you make a great move. Coach Rosa said this over and again. You make a great move and score, your energy levels just start to skyrocket. But if you make a pass to someone else, yours goes up, theirs goes up, and then it, every, more people start to get involved in it. And I think that's the biggest thing with us is everyone being energized. That's an interesting point. 
And because this is universal, I don't know why it is, but if you score the ball, you're always the first one to run up the court. Like you, you know what I'm talking about? Like <laughs> yeah, you the got dead that little sprint. trot, you know? You're yeah. like, oh, I'm the and man. And then you get back and you're like, why did I just run up here? Like I'm so tired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know I mean? It's like a free throw, and you sprint back, and you're like, geez, I could have saved some energy. <laughs> yeah, just take it easy. Yeah. yeah, no, that's that's a real situation. Jeremy gets scorers. Very, yeah, scorers know what that's he like. He gets very you know tired. I mean? Very, he hits his first shot and then runs down the court. Like, and he's like, I'm done. Yeah. Dead sprint. Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> Corbin Cavuzzi with us in Studio B on BYU Sports Nation, previewing BYU Pepperdine tomorrow, also looking back at the win against LMU last night. Your role has changed this year. You were the starter, and now you're coming off of the bench. So where are you in terms of what you want to do to help this team, and, and how has that transition been for you? Um, I think where I'm at right now is that since I'm coming off the bench, I've got to be able to be efficient with the time that's given to me. You know, the starters need some rest, and so I don't want that to be a drop-off. Like, you get subbed in, there shouldn't be any change. In fact, there should be, you should have more energy. And so coming in, bringing more energy, try to uplift the other guys that are in, I think is a role that I have right now. And, um, yeah. The energy guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. And BYU needs that at times, especially because Nate Austin's out there, fifth-year senior. I like the balance uh, that you guys provide at the five there. Uh, we jokingly are counting down the personal fouls left for Nate Austin to be number one in BYU history. Only 15 left. Oh, really? <laughs> to pass Russell Larson, just FYI. So you can encourage him on that path. I might pass him. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are your conversations like uh, right now with Bronson, who's at the Senior Bowl preparing to play in that game later this week? Or tomorrow, uh, I guess. They're, they're super fun. I love talking to that guy, like just calling him. It's hard because our schedules are a little off, so... I'll just get to text him or something, but he's loving it out there, putting it all in. So, And you got to see him Saturday. What was that like? In, uh, oh, that was huge. It was like, you know, I talk to him every day, but getting to see him, it's like, bro, how's it going, man? <laughs> you know, it's just, it just brings a different vibe, and so that was awesome. I was so happy he was able to come to the game. We didn't get to ask you this, but on Saturday, did you know Reggie Miller was on the baseline? That's what I heard after the game. So you didn't know? I had no idea. Okay, yeah. I was thinking about that, like, if I was shooting a free throw and I knew Reggie Miller was right there, I'd be like, oh, I better make this <laughs> Like, you already want to make it already. Yeah. Corbin Kafusi with us here on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, we've had the question posed to us, and we're wondering ourselves, because you are a player that went from football to basketball, now it's like, well, could he do what Bronson did as well and, and play both sports? Is that ever in your mind that, that, you would, that you would play football again, or is it just strictly basketball? I think right now I'm just focused on basketball. And I remember when I first came home from my mission, I wanted to do both like at the same time. But just because of the position change, that wasn't that would be hard, you know, go offensive line to basketball. So, yeah, I think right now I'm just focusing on basketball and see what happens in the future. Is it hard not to think about that, though, a little bit? You know, it's I like to sometimes it's fun to entertain the thought like, oh. What if I was doing this? <laughs> <laughs> Would it be O-line or could it be like a tight end or something? Um, it's, it's changed a little bit. Like my dad talks to me sometimes. He's like, you know, no, your body's a little different than before. And so you could probably play something else. But. Is your dad like knocking on the door constantly about that? Like, hey, come play football. <laughs> he was in yesterday. It sounded like he wants you to play football. Uh, you know, I think he sees, he sees opportunity and the ability that I might be able to have to help the team out. And so... We like to discuss it. Okay. Physically, okay. what's been tougher um, on you, football or basketball? Because it's a different type of body type and conditioning, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's hard to compare because before my mission when I was doing football, 
I had a different body. Like, and so I feel like that time it was pretty hard to do football because my body hadn't quite matured all the way. So here I am, this skinny kid trying to, you know, lift heavy weights and push around big dudes. I remember going against Ziggy once, and it was, and it was just... Not fun. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about that. What do you remember? All I remember is it was one-on-ones, and Ziggy's on the end. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, here we go. And I got beat, but it wasn't, like, a terrible thing. So I was like, oh, I didn't get beat too bad, you know. I feel pretty decent about myself. <laughs> hey, that's fair. I mean, Ziggy's beating NFL guys left and right, right now. He's a pro bowler. You know? yeah, he's a pro Good bowler. grief. Okay, last question for you, uh, Corbin, as, as we push forward now in your basketball game. As you do self-evaluation, what is it that you feel like you want to get better at the most as a basketball player right now? I think the biggest thing for me is I need to rebound more. Uh, rebounding has been a huge emphasis. The games that we win when we out-rebound a team, it's just something that we need to do. And so I think that's something I need to do more. And for the record, did you get your leaping ability from your mother or your father? Well, I watched yesterday mm-hmm. when my dad was on and he. He attributed it to my mom, and so I would say my mom, but <laughs> at the same time, I don't want to leave dad out. out. Yeah. Yeah. Dad's got a little bit of hop to his step. Michelle can rebound. She's a great rebounder. <laughs> Corbin, we wish you the best of luck against Pepperdine tomorrow. Beat the waves. Take care of the football recruits. You know, no pressure. <laughs> None. <laughs> but we will give you some BYU Sports Nation karma to go and play well tomorrow. Thank you. At least one dunk on Stacey Davis. That's, well, well, <laughs> that's what's in the mix. And you signed our old flag, but you haven't signed our new flag, have you? Oh, there's a new flag. Give us your signature, man. Your Herbie Hancock, <laughs> as Jeremy would call it. Okay. <laughs> Corbin Kafusi, BYU basketball. Up next, the final three hires made for Kalani Satake's football coaching crew. What makes the new staff one of the most unique in the country? This is BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Can you imagine Corbin back on the football team, though? Like, I entertain him. He's like a tight end in the river. Dual sport awesomeness. Friday, this is how we do it on BYU Sports Nation. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio simulcast on BYU TV. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Football signing day is next Wednesday. These guys are on campus. They're going to have a a great time today and tomorrow and uh, Sunday morning, I believe. And then uh, the hope is that many of these guys, if not all, sign with BYU next Wednesday. And you can catch signing day coverage live right here on BYU TV through BYU Sports Nation, 12 Eastern. Uh, I'll be at the Student Athlete Building doing some uh, reporting and some interviews. Uh, Spencer Linton and Brian Logan will be here. And then at 6 Eastern, we'll talk with the BYU coaching staff about these guys. We'll break down the signees and talk about uh, the return missionaries as well. Check it out next Wednesday. Tell me, Jeremy. One of my favorite days all year. Signing day. I, I know that it takes like 18 years for these guys to like get here and play. Sometimes it feels like. But it's very exciting because the access we get to be able to figure out what, what happened. And it's been six weeks for Kalani Sataki and the staff to get out there and do work. And you see the fruits of their labor. Maybe the most important recruiting class that this coaching staff will have because of the transitionary period. Hard to say right now. Like in five years, are we going to ask this question again and then look back on that? I don't know. I don't know. Let's ask it in five years. <laughs> we will. Let's make a plan for I that. promise Put we'll it in the five-year advance if, calendar. Right? If this show still exists in five years, we'll do it. <laughs> yeah, do we need another countdown? Okay, no. 
<laughs> Refreshing today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Kalani Satake has completed his coaching staff with the hiring of running backs coach Reno Mahe, cornerbacks coach Gennaro Guilford, and director of recruiting operations Tavita Ofehengawe. More on that and specifics in about 60 seconds. Men's Hoops, BYU beat 80, uh, LMU 87-62 last night in Provo, led by Kyle Davis, 19 points. Cougar shot over 50% for the first time since Christmas Day. Corbin Kafusi joined us in the, the last segment. Download the show podcast to hear that interview. The Cougars host Pepperdine tomorrow at 10 Eastern on ESPN2 and BYU Radio. Lexi Rydalch scored a season-high 31 and had 12 rebounds and an 82-75 win for BYU Women's Hoops at LMU. She's now the West Coast Conference's all-time leading scorer. She will join us in about 10 minutes from Southern California. Her teammate Kalani Purcell chipped in 14 points, 14 rebounds, and 8 assists. BYU at Pepperdine tomorrow for Eastern on the W.TV and BYU Radio. And third-ranked BYU men's volleyball plays a pair at ninth-ranked Irvine. Huge road matches for the Cougars at 10 Eastern tonight and tomorrow at 5 Eastern, both of those on YouTube. So you can follow at BYU Volleyball for that link. A little bit of news into BYU Sports Nation now in Studio B. Ben Bagley, our producer, just met uh, with Tom Homo, part of a, kind of a media roundtable, and some highlights coming from that meeting include an update on BYU and Notre Dame, the second two-for-one, meaning two Notre Dame games against BYU in on South Bend and one in Provo is off the table. They had initially signed so that, up for six news. overall. Yeah. Okay? So that second two-for-one, completely off the table. But the first contract has not been all the way fulfilled. BYU is not going to call that officially off the table. It's still dormant, hoping that Notre Dame will come back and honor that one game in Provo at some point. Yeah, BYU played the two on the road. They're hoping to get the one at home. So uh, not, not huge news, I think, with... Saw this kind of coming. In fact, I don't expect uh, Notre Dame to honor that one home game in Provo, although I would love for them to do that. Tom Homo was also asked, would he let Bronco Mendenhall coach the bowl game again if he had to do it all over again? And he said, yes, I would let Bronco coach that game. So some headlines. We'll have more on Monday from that conversation from Tom Homo to select members of the media. It looks like uh, Tom Homo didn't want to comment uh, on specifics about the Big 12. Uh, also didn't really want to talk about uh, BYU and Utah very much. But, um, yeah, we'll get, we'll get you the best of that stuff uh, on Monday. At least, and, Tom and Homo, yeah. At least Tom Homo and Kalani Satake now have a full football coaching staff as that? of yesterday. The three hires, we just mentioned their names. Let's start with the running backs coach. Reno Mahe obviously was a great player at BYU, a guy who loves BYU, has an NFL pedigree, but he has no coaching experience. This is his first gig in a coaching role. Neither did Mark Atua. Yep, there you go. Yep. With the running backs. So Reno Mahe as the running back coach at BYU. His strength is uh, his personality and his relationships. Um, yeah, not a strength. Coaching has a coach, you know. But he was, he's a guy that loves BYU. Who, gets, who leaves BYU, uh, not of their own choice, and then comes back? Like, it doesn't happen that often. Junior became Reno, and now he's back, which is great. I, I've loved getting to know Reno Mahe. He, he's been around campus a ton. Now he's officially a coach. Reno Mahe will make an impact recruiting. He... Kalani made it very clear he wants BYU to be able to recruit. Reno Mahe will be a good recruiter because of what he's done at BYU and in the NFL. And he's got the best position group on the team, in my opinion, the running backs. Loaded! Loaded coming back. Number two, the secondary coach or cornerbacks coach, Gennaro Guilford. He was coaching defensive backs at Southern Utah University. He was with Ed Lamb. Now he's in Provo with Ed Lamb. One of the best DBs that BYU ever had. And if you remember, he was the guy. Jeremy, you were at the game in 2001. Oh, yeah, man. When he sealed it against Utah. 
and intercepted the ball to keep BYU's, at that point, undefeated season alive. Yeah, a taller corner. Um, so he, he can you know, relate to what it takes for BYU to get maybe uh, elite corners. I don't know that BYU gets uh, the elite. Co- That's the toughest position, I said, for BYU to recruit. He's been a, a good recruiter, a good coach. All of his players love him, man. A lot of them yesterday in, in uh, tweeting about him when he left and it was announced, saying, man, he kept it real. And so that's what you hope you get. Uh, you had Nick Howe for a couple of years. Now you have Gennaro Guilford. Uh, and he's going to coach just the cornerbacks, by the way. The safeties is Ed Lamb. So for the first time in a long time, BYU will have two coaches in the secondary. BYU also has a new director of recruiting operations, Tavita Ofahengawe takes over the former tight end at BYU, will now lead the charge for Kalani in terms of organizing recruiting and viewing film and tapes and, and sliding these highlights in front of the coach's eyes. Okay, so of the 10 assistant coaches, there are four Polynesians, including Kalani Sitake, and then you have Nu'u Tufisi uh, as the strength and conditioning. You have Russell Tialavea, also Polynesian, who is the Director, uh, director of football operations. And now the recruiting coordinator is also Polynesian. So you're really, really injecting uh, you know, Polynesian staff into this. And, and a lot of guys that played at BYU, which is interesting to me. I, I look at this group. Eight of them played at BYU. Steve Clark went to BYU. So is there a staff nationally that has nine of their ten that went to that school? I dare say no. I'd be shocked if there was another one. In fact, we decided it'd be awesome to look at Virginia and Utah, just see how many other BYU guys are out there, right? (laughs) So there was a question as to whether Virginia would have more BYU guys than BYU. And the answer is no. They have seven former BYU players at Virginia. BYU has nine. BYU has nine. And Utah has four, plus Guy Holiday, who coached at BYU. Interesting, right? That's quite the pedigree right there. Virginia and BYU combined have 16 of the 20 that went to BYU. Interesting. BYU, Virginia, and Utah. 20 guys that went if, to BYU coaching on those three staffs. If, if there is a school with more alumni on its own staff, I'd love to know who it is. Nine is a ton, man. The only person on that screen we just showed you for BYU's new coaching staff that did not play at BYU or go to BYU is the defensive coordinator, Eli Satuyaki. And you know where he grew up? Provo! Provo. Yeah, he wanted to go to BYU, and they didn't think he was good enough to play here. Now it's the defensive coordinator. I think he won that matchup. BYU is such a unique place, and we've addressed this a number of times on the show. I don't know, man, said no one. People want to come back. You, you go here, you play here, then you go out and about, and then you want to come back. So you, really, I'm You not, are that person. I am, yeah. totally. I, I went out, and I was like— I've been here. I haven't, I haven't left. Your, they your haven't Steve, kicked me out yet. So you're Steve Kafusi. I feel so much stronger and taller now. You're Steve Kafusi. Yes. Are you saying my kids are going to be elite athletes? Is that what you're saying? That's exactly what I was meaning right there. Venna's not cutting it athletically right now, man. <laughs> Jeez. Better get a we basketball need, we need in her, her hand. To eat like bananas. Get right a basketball in her hand Jeez. right now. Oh, you know one's in here. Okay, so we have addressed uh, a number of countdowns. For the record, the five-year the five, the five year countdown, Jerem? 1,827 days. Yeah, we're going to count down Until that. we come back to everybody. see if this was like the most important recruiting class in BYU history. Okay, so there's that. <sighs> Captain Superlative strikes again. Stop. <laughs> we don't need. The, this is the most important, I promise. I didn't say that. I said to see if. I said if, Jerem. Don't put words in my mouth. I can't. And then there is the all-important football countdown. Yeah, countdown to the Wildcats. <laughs> 
218. <laughs> These are similar looking size heads. That's weird. Oh my gosh. I was wondering why you brought that down to the studio. Now I know. The oversized <laughs> Spencer Linton head. <laughs> yeah. Coming up on <laughs> BYU Sports Nation. And then they cut away immediately. <laughs> You're, not even... Friday Cooper You're not even on camera. Oh, man. They cut away. In the control room, they're like, let's get off on camera. For also, one. Lexi Rydalch joins us. She leads the West Coast Conference all-time in scoring. Fathead. BYU Sports Station, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, doing it live on a Friday from Studio B. If you miss an episode of this show live, watch the rebroadcast weeknights, 6 Eastern, 4 Mountain Time. Speaking of 4 4 Eastern, uh, tomorrow, BYU at Pepperdine Women's Hoops. You can listen to it on BYU Radio. You can watch it on the W.TV. We'll talk to Lexi Reidalch coming up, who is the new West Coast Conference all-time leading scorer. That's awesome. How about that? No player in West Coast Conference women's basketball history has scored the basketball more than Lexi Rydolph. A lot of buckets. We should add, by the way, that uh, among the other comments from Tom Homo that are coming out uh, are this, that BYU will not uh, change to royal blue. They'll Officially. wear it occasionally. Right? Okay, there was so, an idea that maybe that So maybe happen. more than once a season, though. Occasionally. What does that mean? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I'm reading through the lines how I want to read through the lines on that one. Occasionally, of course you will. Means... You know what other lines you can read through? Oh, I knew that was coming. The lines of the blue goggle alert. 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 Yeah, why is the voice always higher? <laughs> it just is. Yeah. No, I get it. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is the young lady we just mentioned, new all-time leading scorer in West Coast yeah. Conference basketball, yeah. Lexi Rydalch. Lexi, welcome Hi, back guys. to the show. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you very much. What Thanks is, for having me. What does that WCC all-time scoring record mean to you? Um, it's awesome, um, especially because, I mean, the last leading scorer was Alex Cowling, and I played against her through my career, and she's just a great player. Um, I learned a few things from her and and really looked up to her her veteran her veteran play, and so... Um, it's great to be among those honored names, and, and it's pretty special. I just caught the irony of setting it against LMU, which is where Alex uh, Kelling went, and in that gym. Um, and and, and now, you, now you have this record. Uh, did you know when you hit the shot that you got the record? It was a three-pointer. Um, I didn't know, um, but I figured now with all of the, the hype on Twitter and stuff, so it was pretty cool. Isn't it only fitting that you did it by hitting a three-pointer, though? <laughs> a little bit. I mean, I love shooting that three-point shot. It's it's a fun shot, so it, it, you could say it's fitting. We did some of your brother's high school games uh, back in the day, and he led the state, and then you dominated. Obviously, your sister is a signee for BYU, and she's really good. What it, What is it about your family and maybe your parents or whatever that makes so you guys <laughs> score so many buckets? <laughs> we get buckets. <laughs> um, well, so I think it's just a family culture and the way we kind of look at sports in general. We we see sports as just a uh, a lab for learning life lessons. And, um, Whoa, that was deep. It's true, though. It's um, And so we see each thing as an opportunity to develop character for life. And um, so I guess you could say that we look at at scoring, I mean, when you're not hitting shots, you have to be persistent. That's a character trait. 
um, different things like that. You have to stay positive. You on. Uh, you have to be well-rounded and be good in defense, rebounding, all all of the characteristics. Um, you have to be a good leader. And so um, when you're trying to build the right character, then good things happen. And, and I think that's why we've been successful. Lexi, I know you as a person, and I know that as cool as that individual accolade is, BYU winning a ninth in a row matters more to you and to this team what did it take for you guys to win on the road at LMU last night? Yeah, it does mean a lot. We're playing really well right now, and, and I'm excited about that. It's tough to win on the road. Um, every team seems to bring their best game against BYU, both men and women. Uh, we have a big target on our back. And so, really, it's just finding ways to win, um, even when it's ugly. And so... Really, it just gets back to the fundamentals. Are you going to play good defense? Are you going to rebound? Are you going to box out? Um, and if you can do those simple things that don't take um, that don't take skill, really, and you don't have to have an on night to do those things, it's just a mentally tough, mentally tough traits. Then, um, if you can do those, then you can find ways to win on the road. As former offensive coordinator Robert and I once said, will over skill. Yeah, that's that's. <laughs> I like that. Let's talk I about like the that. timing associated with your record. Kalani Purcell has three West Coast Conference Player of the Week awards, and then you set the record. Is, it, did, is that a coincidence that you're trying to, I don't know, maybe win the Player of the Week next week? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we're both playing really well right now, and um, Kalani and I are a good one-two punch, I think. We're on the same page, and um, I think she gets a lot of her assists from me, and and then she gets a ton of rebounds and loves to push it up the court, and and we love to run together, and and so I'm happy that she's playing well. It only helps me, and and I help her, and and so it's the best thing for the team. So we're really excited about that. Not sure how long you're going to hold on to the West Coast Conference record, maybe forever, but maybe your sister could break. Is your sister going to break your scoring record, Lexi? She might. She is a scoring machine. I think a couple weeks ago she had 39 and 41 in in one week. And so I've never been able to do that, um, although she hasn't beaten my high school scoring record yet. So I still have that over her. I tease her about that. But she is a great player. She's going to have great success at BYU um, and is tough, has grit, um, has good skill. So I'm excited to see what she does. Liz, right? Yep, Liz. Liz. And she'll be here next season playing for BYU. Uh, you want to tell us about your uh, new broadcasting career that started the other night? <laughs> oh, you heard about that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we know everything. <laughs> we know Brandon Crow. Brandon was great. Yeah, I just had to fill in at my sister's game for, uh, I think it was Channel 17. And um, they do a little broadcasting for high school sports, and I guess one of their guys didn't show up, and they saw me in the crowd and recruited me. So I got a little taste of what you guys do every day, and I appreciate it more. It's not as easy as it looks. No, it's super easy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no, okay, but it was yeah. fun. Well, what you do on the basketball court also isn't as easy as you make it look. <laughs> Thank you. Do you have a career in broadcasting, Lexi, after you get done playing basketball? Uh, I don't think so, but it it kind of uh, gave me a good taste, and I kind of liked it. So uh, if I do it more, maybe it'll persuade me. We'll see. I hope that you find some time in Southern California while you're in between L.A. and Malibu to get some beach time in. 
I hope so, too. I hope so, too. We're heading to the country club today with uh, one of the donors, so that should be fun. Um, so we'll see what, what else we have planned for today. Lexi, congratulations again. Good luck against Pepperdine tomorrow. We appreciate the time. Thank you. Appreciate it, you guys. Lexi Rideout on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Straight baller, man. She's awesome. We get buckets. <laughs> the Eatons get buckets, yo. Uncle Drew is a regular guest in that house. Sports are a lab for learning life's lessons. The greatest piece of alliteration I've ever heard other than that one thing in V for Vendetta. We're going to whip it next. Welcome back to BYU Sports Station on a Friday. Presented by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Men's basketball. BYU beat LMU 87-62 last night in Provo. Led by Kyle Davis' 19 points. The Cougars shot over 50% for the first time since Christmas. The Cougars host Pepperdine tomorrow. 10 Eastern on the Deuce, ESPN2, and BYU Radio. Football. Kalani Satake has completed his coaching staff with the hiring of running backs coach Reno Mahe, quarterbacks coach Gennaro Guilford, and director of recruiting operations Tavita Ofahengawe. Official visits this weekend from some big-time recruits. Women's basketball. Lexi Reynolds, who just joined us, scored a season-high 31 points. We didn't mention that she grabbed 12 rebounds, too, in an 82-75 win at LMU. She's now the West Coast Conference all-time leading scorer. Kalani Purcell, all she did was 14 points, 14 rebounds. Eight assists. BYU at Pepperdine tomorrow, 4 Eastern on the W.TV and BYU Radio. Volleyball. Third-ranked BYU playing a pair of matches at ninth-ranked UC Irvine tonight, 10 Eastern, tomorrow at 5 Eastern. Jimmer! James Tapp, Fredette, and the Dub Knicks play at Sioux Falls Sky Force tonight, 8 Eastern. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair is 4 over, tied for 132nd. On the fourth hole at the Farmers Insurance Open, round two, Torrey Pines in San Diego. Jaron, back to you. We have 32 seconds. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need the most. DexterLaw.com. Get into Lexi Rideout's best in the West Coast Conference. Which of BYU's remaining home games has you most concerned for men's hoops? Our elite tweet of the day from at MJ Orton. He says, St. Mary's, Gonzaga, but beat any team that enters our house to stop us from getting on that dang train. Right, Spender? Thanks to all of our guests. Put that down, Jerem. Download the podcast. Shout out to Michael Matt.